Hello and welcome to the RevOps Show. Another hot topic we've seen circulating recently is that of performance management. Today, Doug and Jess are breaking it down into three categories, coaching, training, and managing. Yes, I know, these terms all seem to get used interchangeably, but no, they are actually quite different. Doug will give us more of a breakdown starting right now. Yes. Hi, Doug. Wow, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I I know. I was trying to throw you off a little bit. I know you did. You did. It's it's uh, we're recording it on a Tuesday morning. We are second Tuesday. It's it is second Tuesday because we it have no because we, we have no Mondays. Second Tuesday. So, how's your week, Jess? Great, great week. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners. Um, I know. Are, are the, the in... last week last week was spring break, which is interesting. It's always interesting because I had both of my kids home for a week. And then um our week back started with one kid with strep throat, and now we have two children with strep throat, which is gonna make the recording that much more interesting as well. So Yeah, I'm I'm confused actually now that I think about it. Just I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but so they were home last week for the most part, right? They were. And they chose not to get sick less. And no, but I, I mean, realize like, I'm framing this as a choice, but not. But wouldn't, but. wouldn't like going to the biological lab called school for your petri dishes? Wouldn't that be where they would? One would think. One would think, but no, no, they picked it up well, while see, doing spring break things. So see, your kids are smart. Because if they had gotten sick before spring break and were sick during spring break, they would have lost their spring break. But here, you could kind of look at it through an angle that they're really just kind of extending their spring extending break. Extending their spring break, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's true. You're, they figured you're, out a way to game the system, apparently. You're, 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 you're raising wise children, Jess. You should be proud of that. <laughs> Super proud. Super proud. Keeping me on my toes 24-7. They are. You know what? You know it's nine days from today, Jeff. Are you seeing Bruce nine days from today? Oh my gosh! No, I'm seeing Bruce six days from today. We're saving. Oh. We're saving that one for. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That, that we're doing later. Friday. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. No, what's nine days from today? Opening day, Jeff. Oh, pitchers and catchers. Oh wait, no, no, that's spring training. Pitchers Opening and day. catchers. Oh my gosh, Jeff. I'm tired. Jess, you need to you need to call see, the doctor. You need to go to urgent care. There's something wrong with you. There clearly is, I'm but worried. you you forget that right now there is no other sport for me but basketball. So we're in the midst of of March Madness. So how's how's Kentucky doing? Uh, hey, you brought it up, Jess. I did. I you knew won't. they weren't going to go far, so I'm fine. You, go Kansas State. <laughs> what is that like a Ted Lasso thing? No, I always root for whoever. Once they're out, I always root for whoever knocked them out. Kansas State knocked them out. Oh, that's a horrible approach. Well, that is my approach. Is that because may- like, you work through this thing that if the team that beat your team wins, hundred percent, and if your team had won, the logic is sound. The logic is sound. Yes. No, but I, I get. But Jess, you've always struck me as someone that that enjoys revenge a little bit more than that. That is true. You me as a relatively vengeful person. Usually, usually, but not in this instance. I was the biggest, I think it was Virginia. It was either Virginia or Virginia State who knocked him out a couple of years ago. I was the biggest Virginia fan that year. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure it had to have been Virginia because I'm not even I don't even think there's such a thing as probably Virginia not. State. Probably not. Virginia. And if is there not is, right they're definitely not D one. Yeah. So Virginia, I was the biggest Virginia fan that year. So good news for you then. Rick Patino got hired. He's at St. John. So back to back in New York City. He's a hot commodity no matter what, apparently. Um so I mean you have to admit you've been on both ends of the extreme about Rick Patino. I have, but I was younger and dumber when I was a Patino fan because I was I was a I was a kid. I mean, so the only reason you don't like Rick Patino is that he left Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's part. Well, so he didn't just leave Kentucky; <laughs> he left to K- Kentucky and went to one of their main rivals. No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. He didn't. He left Kentucky to go to to go to Boston. To the pro? Yeah, no, I. Okay. I, I'm familiar with the history. Right, so it's I, not I am, like he I left Kentucky fan. to go to. He he left, though, and then went because he couldn't cut it in the NBA and then went to one of one of Kentucky's arch rivals. I mean, so just, just so you're clear, fans, Rick Pitino is every bit the cheater at Kentucky that he was. Here we go. Here we go. No, I'm talking about Rick Pitino. I, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware that's who you're talking about right now. Give it, give it a minute, and then we'll we'll move on to Calipari. <laughs> oh, so you admit that Calipari is it? No, no, no. Well, but of course you, you know he's you... a cheater. We've got there's proof. Oh Lord, Lord have mercy. University of Massachusetts. Anyways, but it's New Year's in nine days. In nine days. Do you know what? Do you know what's happening tonight? No. U.S. Japan. Okay. World Baseball Championship. Japan beat Mexico last night in walk-off. Who, who, are, who, who are you rooting for? Who do you think is going to win? I'm rooting for Japan. You're rooting for Japan? Who am I rooting for? What? <laughs> you know, Jess, I've always been a fan of the Asian baseballers. <laughs> oh, this, is, this has gotten re- real sideways now. Wow. Of course I'm rooting um, for the U.S. U.S. is defending their, their championship, defending their title. I, just, I was just curious. Although I have to admit that I, watching it also makes me sad, though. Why? Trey Turner is raking. Sorry. He, he's with the Phillies now. Yeah, some more. Sorry. Um, uh, I, think about, I think about who my nationals used to be. Just makes me sad. You know what, Jess? We better talk about something that'll brighten me up. So what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about... Performance management. Different from all of it. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Okay. Performance management and the. Are we good? I'm great. (laughs) Okay. Today, we're talking about performance management and the difference between managing training and coaching. Sounds like a good topic, Jeff. So that that was was a lot of thought. (laughs) It was your topic. Oh yeah, that's right. Thought it was good. Why I I like topic so much. Must be, must be. So, so let's start with what what is performance management. Well, I think what 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 I'm just I'm categorizing it under. Like I'm categorizing the three things under the idea of you know we're managing training, coaching is all about managing the performance of people. So, I mean, I would say performance management is. Am I allowed to use the words in their definition? In their definition, sure. Sure. I mean, it's all about it's all about uh, managing the performance of people. It's it's you know it, it, it's an interesting thing because I am a you know I I, I believe in good arts law. Mm-hmm. A good measure loses its goodness when it becomes an objective. 
I'm a, I'm a big believer and have a good at bat. Never mm-hmm. focus on, on getting up and getting a hit. But I also see, you know, there's, a, there's the other side of the fence, which is at some point you, you do have to get hits. Right. And if you're not getting hits, it either means you're not having good at bats or, and, and this is possible, everybody, you can have a good at bat for you. And like, if I had a, like a really good at bat for me, if, if I ever had a chance to play upper level professional baseball, like if I could just get, if my bat could touch the ball. Yeah. Before it hit the catcher's mitt. As a matter of fact, I probably would have a better chance making contact with the ball, hitting it um, when the catcher is throwing it back to the pitcher than when it's being thrown to the <laughs> catcher, just to be, I mean, at least I'm honest, right? Right. Um, yeah. So, 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 it, you know, it is about managing performance, but it's also about, I like, I hear those terms frequently get used either synonymously, synonymously, what the, a non, oh, wait, yes, I said him synonymously. Yes, that's yes, right. Synom- yes, you were right. You were right. See, I'm used to doing this show in the afternoon, Jess. My my neurons are not fully connected at, <laughs> at, on on a Tuesday morning. Isn't there a song Tuesday morning? I don't know. There's a store Tuesday morning. I, I I recall some like folk song or something Tuesday morning. Anyways, um, yeah. So so I hear the use the the words used interchangeably. Um, or they're just used ambiguously. And, 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 and I think it's, um, I, I think it's important that, um, that, that, you know, people understand what they mean. Yes. Tuesday morning. It's a song by the Pogues. The Pogues. Yes. The Pogues. I'm sorry. Where I, my eyes can't read my screen. The Pogues. Yes. There you go. So, so you're saying you see coaching, managing and training used interchangeably. Cause I don't think training gets used, gets thrown in there as interchangeably as like coaching and managing definitely get used. Well, you know, it, so it's, it's probably that coaching and managing often get used together and coaching and training are often. Okay. I mean, I would agree yeah. that probably we're not confusing training with managing though. Though I would actually say that managing has more in common with training than it does with coaching. How about that? How's that for a hot take? I'm, I'm, I'm processing that. I, I actually, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. So, so let's kind of unpack each one individually. So what is, let's start with coaching. What is coaching? Well, I didn't expect that you were going to start with coaching. I was totally not prepared to start. Do you want to start with managing? <laughs> yeah, let's start. Let's start with managing. Okay. Cause, Cause so much of my definitions, I realize uh, we're, we're, as much about contrasting. Um, okay. Let's start with managing. So, so, you know, managing is primarily about accountability. Okay. Um, it's about accountability. Um, it's about clarity. And and it might be about advice. So, like, when you're doing a pipeline review, it's a, it, a pipeline review is fundamentally different if it's viewed through the lens of Am I doing this as a manager? Or am I doing this as a coach? Okay. So, so if I'm managing you, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at accountability, which, which to some degree is I'm looking at compliance. And this is not compliance in the negative sense of compliance. It's okay. are you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing? Are you following the methodology? Uh, you know, I see a lot, you know, we did, a, we did an episode on methodology earlier. And Lord knows, it seems to be that methodology is becoming the hot thing, um, and and the number of methodologies that are being created now is beginning to blow me away. What what I 
what I oftentimes see missing is, you know, you know, part of managing is um, managing to, you know, ma- managing to what the met- methodology is supposed to be, right? right? So are you doing the things we're supposed to be doing? Where are we, um, you know, po- you know, potentially suggesting, you know, working maybe even collaboratively on, on sales strategy, et cetera. But it, it's primarily, again, about um, accountability, clarity. So another mm-hmm. element is, is, is clarity and, and there's a support element, mm-hmm. you know, do you have what you need? And, and, you know, a large part of a manager's job in managing salespeople is, is being able to speak for the sales organization, for their sales team up. Um, right. So, so there very much is about a, a translating, you know, initiatives from above. So there's clarity at the point of execution and feedback at the point of ex- execution to those setting the agenda. I, I'm glad you brought that up on clarity because I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you for clarity on that. <laughs> um, but that, yep. So it's communicating both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, on compliance, you said, you know, compliance not in the negative sense. So, so what is what is when you say negative sense? What do you what do you mean by that? Well, the negative sense of compliance is is, is very gotcha, and and it's about catching. I mean, you know. It, too often compliance gets gets manifested in a way of of catching people doing things wrong mm-hmm. and and it's about it's about process for the sake of process or methodology for the sake of methodology um good you know good compliance is understanding the spirit of mm-hmm. you know what what is what is the purpose of this are we you know are we violating you know like so when I was in financial services. I had to deal with compliance on, on a legal basis and, and right. most people in my role, well, let's just say they were not fans of compliance. Um, but I actually talked about that. Like, I actually loved compliance. Um, yeah. And I love them for two reasons. One is they kept me out of jail and I really did appreciate that because, because I can tell you left to my own devices. Sure. I would have, I would have stretched what I wanted to say to a point that I would have probably violated some, regulation or law or something. Yeah. But, but the other thing was they actually made me um, more creative because they couldn't take the easy route. So, you know, so for example, um, in financial services and financial advisory, you can't promise or allude to promises of performance. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't, like, I couldn't talk about, um, you know, working with us will give you peace of mind. I couldn't say something like that. Okay. Right? Be- because it might not. Right. Right. And peace of mind alludes to the fact that you're not going to have to worry about downward, you know, downside performance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, so I had to really get creative. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so like one of my positioning statements that worked very well for the people that I was working with, you know, imagine a financial strategy that you are totally comfortable with and you mm-hmm. spend less than two hours per quarter paying attention to it. Okay. Right. Because I worked with people who wanted to delegate. Right. Manage their finances. They wanted to think about other things. And like one of the things that I used to talk about was every one of my clients knew when the beginning of the month was. Or actually Mm -hmm. they knew about when the fifth of the month was. And and the reason was, is their mailbox was filled with financial statements. Then they had to open up all their financial statements and they had their spreadsheets that pulled them all together. Then there became and it's like, no, we're going to have this. It's going to be reported to you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to think about those things. Now, when I first came up with that. Mm-hmm. Compliance, compliance rejected. Okay. Right. And I said, well, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Right. Why are we rejecting? Right. 
right? Well, they said, well, you can't promise performance. I said, I'm not promising performance, right? They said, well, comfort in first performance. Well, hold on. Let's talk about what comfort is. Right. Right. And so, you know, and they, you know, as, as we worked through it, they realized, oh, okay, yeah. Right. So, but, but by the way, I'm not talking about that compliance. I'm not talking about compliance from the league when I, you know, I'm not talking about it. From right. The not the legal standpoint. compliance yet. What, what I'm talking about is, you know, if we have a, you know, if we have a methodology, mm-hmm. you know, so let, let's say someone's implementing medic, right. Are, are, are we doing that? Um, you know, for us exit criteria, like we, we don't have a, an egg, we don't have a methodology per se. Uh, well, we, I mean, we use Anna which is again, not really a methodology, this whole, all these abbreviations are not really a methodologies. They're definitions of, of, of qualification, but, but you know, that notwithstanding, you know, like, Hey, are we doing the things we're supposed to be doing? One of the reasons that we take the approach to exit criteria that we take is don't miss steps. Right. So, so what I'm looking at is as you're doing the things that you're doing, are we, um, are we following the methodology? If we're not following the methodology, Part of my job is to find out why are we not finding the methodology? Maybe the methodology is not appropriate. Maybe there's something that's going on. By the way, if I'm managing you and you're not following the methodology, that's an item potentially for coaching. Right. Right. Which we'll get into, um, yep. a, you know, a little bit later. But so, so that's what I mean by compliance. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fine line between, it's a fine line on being able to, to manage that and not, not go kind of negative on it it sounds like well y- yeah there you know account i mean there well you got me stumped here so like i don't think you go negative mm-hmm. but you know in, in 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 my coaching days i could tell and and i remember there was a year i was involved and 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 i, and I think the coach really influenced it we really began to not like our team we did not like our players is what, you know, and, and there was a work ethic. There was a, a resilience. Mm. There were some other things that, you know, it, and I started realizing that everything we were doing was, was coming from a place that we just didn't really like this team. And I knew like, once I realized that I'm like, okay, we're, we're yeah. shot. Anyway, it was the worst performance. It was probably the most talented team that we had in the years that I coached, but, you know, certainly relatively speaking, it, it, it performed the worst. And, and, and look, I've been involved in organizations. I've been involved as a manager where, where I found myself not liking my players. Right. That's negative. Mm-hmm. Right? When you do that, that's where you're going negative. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that I worry about when we talk about negative is, you know, there's two sides. There's two sides. There's, there's positivity. There's negativity. To right. only use one mm-hmm. is a mistake. You know, there's, there's, there's friction and reduced friction. To only use one. You know, there's promoting elements and inhibiting elements. To only use one set of tools is is a mistake. And so I, I don't believe that, that you know, people don't improve out of fear. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't realize that touching a hot stove hurt, I'd be in a lot of trouble. And, and actually, there is a there – I forget what the condition is called, but it's a condition where you don't feel pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we think about how cool would that be? Except you burn your hand and you don't even know that your hands burn. Right. You break bones and you don't know your, and, and so you don't get that negative stimulus back. 
to help guide behavior. So, so when you're talking about accountability, yeah, there's going to be negative. Yeah. There's going to be frustration. So, so I, you know, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of pain. So like, I don't want to say that, you know, to, to a large degree, you, uh, you know, again, that can't be the basis. And I, and Lord knows I've seen pipeline reviews just become absolute, you know, Hey, how can you make us feel a little bit shittier than we, than we do right now? Right. <laughs> but, but again, I, I think that, you know, I just want to be careful that the takeaway is not okay. Uh, don't be negative. Now, now I think when we get to talking about coaching, mm-hmm. I think coaching can't be negative. Okay. And 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 actually, what is what is more dangerous than the difficulty of going negative is mm-hmm. it is a really fine line between managing someone and coaching someone. Okay. All right. So let's, let's talk next about training. So what, what are kind of the key pieces of training and what does that look like? So, so training is, is teaching new skills um, or, or refining. I mean, training is fundamentally a teaching element. Um, okay. Or it could be a, there could be drills that you're running, if you will, that, that is a training element as you're kind of building the, the psychological muscle memory of, of different, aspects or pieces. So, you know, way back we used to do um mock situations of already we've got uh um we've got a client, they've got a last minute this, we need to put this, this and this together and we've got you know, 90 minutes to do it. Right? And and so it was a practice so so we could do that. You mm-hmm. know, I that you know that's an example of a training element where where it's not necessarily teaching per se or teaching a skill it's building in that repetition but 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 fundamentally it's a teaching um piece the other thing too is training is training is an event okay what do you mean by that so we do training yep sales training it's not quite as as big of a myth as it used to be but you know hey we do sales training once a year i don't understand why our sales team's not getting better um you know, and my joke is, what do you call a day of sales training? And some people say a waste of time. And I think that that's offensive personally, because mm-hmm. yeah. really what it is, is entertainment. And I think entertainment is not <laughs> a waste of time. Because right? if you have a really good trainer, they come in, they, you know, they share some things, they tell some jokes. Right. We we feel better about things that we're doing. And and by the way, you know what, for for the first few weeks after training, you'll typically see performance improvement. Right. But then the performance yeah. improvement disappears. Why do you see the performance improvement? Because you paid attention to something. Right. 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 It, wherever you pay your attention, you will see improvement, at least in the short term. Right. It, it's it's the sustaining element. So so where training is good, especially from a sales context and from a performance management context, is it's it's a great way to launch something. Mm-hmm. It's an event to get started. Okay. okay. Here's right. Yep. It's also, it can also be good to finish something. What do you mean by that? It's a way to complete it. Okay. Hey, so, you know, we're, we're, we're implementing a new approach. We're doing whatever. So there's a training in, you know, so, so there's a big element of training in the beginning and there's a big element of training okay. at the end with gotcha. some aspects of training in between and, and, and the aspects of training. In, so like there, there's a time where I go into the batting cage where, where I'm working on my repetitions and I'm working on, um, you know, just keeping everything dialed in because 
you know, if you go a day without swinging a bat in baseball, you're going to lose your swing. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's also an element where I'm in the cage where I'm working off of something and, and I'm working on, um, you know, getting my hands in or something like that, that, that works more of training. Cause what we're trying to do is, is, is teach the feel of something. It's not a real situation. Right. Right. Because again, with training, I, you know, there's a context of, I know what's coming. It's not in this, but what it does is it begins to give me a, okay, Hey, that's what this looks like. That's what this feels like. Um, training is only as effective as the mechanisms to follow up. And I, and I would say your, your training effectiveness is going to be driven probably more by the level and quality of your coaching than, than anything else. Okay. By the way, if you have quality coaching, what you'll begin to see is that how you think about and how you approach training will, will, will change radically as well. All right. So that's a great segue into coaching. What is, what is coaching? If you give a man a fish, Jess, you feed him for a night. If you teach him to fish. Um, so coaching is teaching to fish. Coaching is facilitating over and above everything. It is facilitating the, the thought process and the approach so that one develops the capacity to do on their own or, or to do without oversight. Maybe it's a team, so it wouldn't be on their own. Right. So one of the things I always talk about the difference between coaching and consulting is consulting is taking advantage of experience mm -hmm. in an area, understanding the situation and, and utilizing that experience to provide an answer, mm -hmm. to provide direction. Mm -hmm. Coaching is enabling someone to find the answer within themselves. Now, one of the difficulties where, where I see coaching applied poorly mm -hmm. is if you don't have the basis, if you don't have the experience, if you don't have the knowledge to, to have that answer, then coaching can create a lot of problems, right? Because you can confidently, I can enable you to confidently come to an answer that you have no basis for having confidence in, but you'll now have, you'll now have a lot of confidence in it. Um, now, now look, sometimes when I'm coaching or, or sometimes when someone is coaching, um, you know, one of the elements, and I would say this is especially true in, in, in a sales process and in, in, in a sales organization for performance is mm -hmm. I'm going to coach you and you're going to come to the wrong answer, right? I'm going to okay. coach you through a process of, you know, so what do you think we should do here? And you're going to decide that we should do something. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's just stupid. By the way, I'm thinking that to myself. If I'm managing, I might say, Oh my God, that's just stupid. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I might say that. <laughs> But if I'm coaching, I, I can't say that, mm -hmm. right? Because if, you know, you, you remember this because you actually worked at a client where I gave this very specific advice. And I said, I'm going to change um, his name to, uh, um, to Bill. Okay. Bill, when you hire the salesperson, here's the thing. You're gonna, he's going to be handling this sale. And you're going to see him doing something that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. Every impulse in you is going to be correct his action or take it over because you don't want to lose this sale. And yep. it is in that moment that you will either create the opportunity for him to be a great salesperson for you or destroy it. If you correct his action, he will never be a great salesperson for you. If you don't, he has the opportunity to be a great salesperson for you. If you must, what you should do is write down 
the time, the issue, what he's doing, why you know it's wrong, put it in an envelope, address it to you, send it in the mail so it's postmarked. And then when the sale gets lost, mm-hmm. you go, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, remember when, right? Because if I correct you and you come to this conclusion, then you're never going to believe it, right? You're right. going to, you're going to believe that you're right. Okay. You're just, you know, whatever. And, and by the way, if what I do wins and by, and by the way, mm-hmm. remember you can do the right thing and lose. So just because you're like, just because my impulse is to correct somebody. Right. And, and I would be absolutely right. And, and by the way, in a interaction, like a sale, like a complex mm-hmm. sale, there is such thing as I was right. Right. Uh, you know, a hundred other things happen, mm-hmm. but that person is going to go, oh yeah, but I would have pulled it out. And I, yeah, of course I would have right. figured that sure. out, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there really is no learning. So, so if you think about it, training is teaching, coaching is building the capacity to learn. Okay. And, and if you think about it, you know, a lot's written about, you know, the school system in, in the U.S. at least, and, and mm-hmm. I think other places as well. And, and, you know, in my, in my opinion, the biggest flaw in the school system today is it's still, you know, we, we teach it, it's training. It's all training. We're, we're, we're teaching a road element, right? It, as opposed to what we really need to teach today. And, and especially if you think about, you know, with the development of chat GPT four and things like that, what we really need to teach is how can you learn? How do you learn? How do you approach a new situation? How do you come, you know, the capacity if you if you've learned how you learn, if you've learned how to learn, then then you'll never be somewhere where you're absolutely stuck. Well, so it's interesting because I so I'm I'm heavily in that theory a lot because I have a daughter who's in gifted and talented program. And if you go in that classroom, I was like, was that a humble brag? Looks, Is that a little soft? It Is was that a not, little soft, I, I um, promise you I my daughter's talent and gifted. It, I promise you it wasn't. Um, if you go in that classroom, it looks like chaos. Because I've gone in there in the middle of the day. It looks like chaos. It looks like the kids are like, the inmates are running the asylum and they're doing all kinds of weird stuff and they're running back and forth and they're they're basically doing these self-managed projects. And there's not, I mean, there's a curriculum, but it it's not a curriculum in the sense of what we're used to. And I had this whole conversation with the teacher and I was like, okay, so you're pulling her out for three hours a week. And they're just basically running around the classroom doing whatever, like, what are we doing here? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, we're teaching them how to learn. Like, that's exactly what she said. We're teaching them how to learn. We're we're building skills so they can prompt questions and Mm -hmm. and be inquisitive and learn how to learn. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that makes all the sense in the world. Why are we not doing that everywhere? And it's, and it's because it's not, it's not what you're used to. And you can't, you can't test on it very easily. I mean, that's the other thing. So... From from the traditional standardized right. testing, you can't test it on the choice. Right, you can't, right. You can't yeah. test on it. Yeah. You got a ninety seven percent score on this multiple choice exam. Correct, correct. So right. it's 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 actually very fascinating. Right, and <laughs> you know, I, I forget who it was that said it in, in the exact details, but you know how we're you know we're we're working especially with our you know younger team members to understand collaboration. Well, yeah. do you know what you call collaboration in high school and college, in middle school, high school and college? Call it cheating. Yeah. Well, cheating. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. It, it, it's tried to say, and I don't know that this would be true anymore with 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 some of the generative AI that's out there. 
But the hardest test I ever took was an open book test. The hardest test I ever took. I mean, by the way, it wasn't just open book. It was like, here's the exam. Go through whatever process you want to go through, you know, to get your answers to this. I mean, I guess I could yep. have like absolutely ripped in a cheat by having just someone else who was really good at it. Now that I'm thinking about it, damn, it didn't have to be as hard as it was. Anyway, <laughs> story for another day. Um, but like you actually had to think, I actually had to do research. I actually had to understand what it was because right. it was about, it was talking about the application of this thought. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, you know, if, if you think about it, there's only two things that determine your outcomes, decision quality and luck. Yeah. And, and, and the better your decision quality, the more luck will play to your advantage. Maybe we'll add work ethic into it. Okay. But decision quality and, and, and luck. Coaching is all about working on improving your decision quality. How are you making the decisions? How are you coming to do, to choose the things that you're going to do? And, you know, there, there, there can be touches of training in that coaching of, you know, oh, so I, I guess I should have a conversation like this. Okay, yeah. let's go through what would that conversation start like? What would that, what would that conversation sound like? Now, if we're training, we're going to be looking at that conversation in more of a technical perspective probably oh no no no! don't say that say this right, right. Or, whereas coaching is giving you that basis you know it, it at the end of the day it's getting you that hypothesis so that when you take the action and you get the result you have something to compare it to to then apply and and move forward so so coaching is a very very i hate to use the term but it's a very very soft discipline because you know, it, it, it's interesting. You need to have knowledge and experience and capability to coach in an area. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to fight every impulse that we've been taught that the shortest distance or the, the fastest path between two points is a straight line. Right. What you know, if, if I want to if I want to sell for every one of my salespeople, then straight line is the fastest path. Yep. Yep. But it, but if I want to build an organization, a straight line is not the fastest path because you don't learn anything in a straight line. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, if you were to judge the effectiveness of coaching, mm -hmm. it, it it's going to be the rate of learning. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's a part because what I just said there doesn't mean, you know, I would say at the same time, it is, you know, does that learning translate into whatever the performance outcome is supposed to right. be. And in sales, that's, right. you know, sales. Yep. So, so why do these, why do these terms get used so interchangeably? Like why do we end up conflating managing, coaching and training? Actually three reasons. Fear. Okay. Laziness or lack of resources. Okay. Lack of resources makes complete sense to me. That, that, that makes sense. Why do you say fear and laziness like how does fear play into us how do most people become managers in anything <laughs> um they how does someone become perform the accountant well and and they get they get they get promoted they perform well and they get promoted into right. that position and so they're really good as an individual contributor mm -hmm. they've demonstrated mastery yep or at least upper performance and then they now get pro promoted we tend to underinvest in what is management. So you're know, thinking about it. We onboard our new employees. Do we onboard our new managers? No, we don't. Some do, but, and, and, and most of that onboarding is all about internal. 
Well, and I would make the argument that also that that large organizations organizations do, but mid to because then you're it's a resource issue as and well. And I would say that most the most large organizations, whatever onboarding to new managers, it's 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 a lot about you know, okay, here's the company policy, right. here's this. It's not, yeah, you know, yeah. Crotonville used to be the famous place for GE, where you know it was basically business school for for people mm-hmm. that were managers and coming up, where you know we were teaching. Those 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 processes and disciplines. Um, but but by the way, even you know, just because you're a manager, I mean, just because you're a top performer and you're taught how to manage doesn't mean that you're going to be a great manager. So I'll never forget the first time I had to coach third base, and and yes, I said had to. Before that happened, I would never have said had to. I would, um, right. I had to coach third base in a college game, right? And 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 I think back at it, and I'm so frustrated at myself with some of the decisions that I made. Cause remember I was the person whose job was to think through all the different scenarios and, 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 and this and this. And, you know, so our, our head coach who was the third base coach got ejected from a game. I had to go out. We had runners first and third. It was big. It was, you know, major opponent. They would determine, you know, whether we would have to go to a preliminary round of playoffs or we'd go right into the final round of playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And, I got out there and holy cow, I couldn't think. Um, I, I I won't bore everybody with the with the deep. So we had runners on first and third, pretty fast runner on first. We had a good hitter at um, at at the plate, and I wanted to get. And I'm thinking we got to get the guy on first to second base because, you know, two runs ties this game, and and also, if he hits ground ball, that's double play, and we're out of you know, yeah. and the game's over. Well. What did I not consider? I didn't consider actually the catcher. The catcher that we were playing against was was the top catcher. Actually, mm-hmm. he was first team in the conference. Ultimately, good arm. And then what I also like totally blanked on is we got runners on second and third. Good hitter at the plate. Well, at that point, it's on you know first base. You'll just walk. Right. It's a very common move. Right. And, and and by the way, you know, players were were pissed off at me. It, it ultimately worked out. We lost the game, but right, uh, you know, story for another day. But you know, I can't believe it. And and I realized I'm like, yeah, you know, in hindsight, I should have done what I did. But I'd never. This mm-hmm. was literally the first time that I coached third base with that team. Right. Right. And and by the way. When it happened the next season, because he got ejected, was I that much more prepared? No, I wasn't that much more prepared because I didn't have, right? There was no opportunity to go through those things. Now, we put a manager in place, right? Mm -hmm. How do we judge them? How are they measured? Right. Their short-term numbers are like, you know, all all those things go in. So they're, they're, you know, when you go from individual contributor to manager, you're playing a very, Mm -hmm. very different game and, and you can't control you're always going to move to control. Now, when you go to coach, yeah, coaching is the complete, whatever the opposite of control is. Right. You know, when, when I'm managing, I can still, I, the outcomes still man, still matter. Uh-huh. When I'm yeah. coaching, I have to separate myself from the outcome. Okay. Gotcha. Right. I mean, so, so you're, you're, you're a good salesperson. You're a great salesperson. You're promoted to management. You, you became a manager because you're able to to sell exceptionally. You win sales that no one else would win. You come and right. you see somebody and you're like, well, think about this, Jess. How many times are we like, let me just write that email for you? Not even in a sales situation. 
just we yeah. look at it and we're like, let me write that email for you. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm just gonna write the email. Right. Coaching is, you know, early in my years, I sent bad emails. I learned sending bad emails is bad. Right. So it so it's scary. Cause because by the yep. way, here's the other thing. When I was when I'm an individual contributor and something got screwed up or something got surprised, I knew that I could recover. Yep. Right. I'll find something. But now I'm managing somebody else. All of a sudden, I don't have, I'm not, I'm not generating my own opportunities. I'm not, you know, well, if I lose that one, I'll pull that one out of the hat. I can't, I can't do that. So it's, I mean, I, I, I think managing it just inherently is a scary thing. And I, and I think that's yep. true. If you're the accounting manager, if you're the operations manager, you know, all of those things, everything that you learn that, that led you to be in the position to be a manager, you've got to retrain how you approach it. Yep. yep. So that's why. I feel. Okay. Okay. So why laziness? Because it's hard. And especially if you're going to talk about coaching. So like I, where, where resources come to bear is I don't think every organization can have managing and coaching separate, but I'm going to tell you, if you're a manager, it is really hard to be the coach. It is why really is the, hard that? For, for two reasons. One is mm -hmm. it, it, it's for the reason that if, if I'm managing and I go into a coaching mode with you for a moment, don't mistake that for coaching. Okay. Right. If I'm coaching and something pops up and I go into managing for a moment, mm -hmm. don't mistake that as coaching. Okay. The moment you're managing, you're managing. Yeah. And, and now here's another reason. If you're mm -hmm. one of the elements to really good coaching is to be able to separate yourself from the outcomes. And so if I'm your manager, I can't separate myself from your outcomes, especially in sales. Right. Yep. But also if you're my manager, then you're the one who quote unquote can hire, fire me. You're the one that's judging me. And so one of the things that's important for a, for an individual that's being coached to be able to do is they have to be able to be vulnerable with the coach. Yeah. Right. If they can't be vulnerable, then what I say, the, well, the reason, I mean, so think about this, I'm, I'm a salesperson and the difficulty is when I talk to this type of person, I just get nervous and I lose focus and right. So you're my manager. We're in a pure coaching session. Mm -hmm. What's the likelihood that I'm going to share that with you? Low. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas now, am I saying it is impossible to be a manager and a coach? I'm not saying it's impossible. So to that be was going to be my next, coach. my next question. Yeah. It, it, it takes an exceptional person. Okay. To be able to do that, you're you're going to degrade the performance of both. And by the way, you're also going to confuse the person. Because right? yep. if you're playing, I mean, there there are times, and you remember, you said this to me, right? And 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 I don't, you know, one of the ways I'm able to coach you when I coach you is, I mean, you're unmanageable, so I can't manage you. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. You know, but but is that, I mean, the good news is I'm, uh, you know, I can't manage. So the only thing I can do is coach sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But, but in, in all seriousness, like there, there are times you've said to me, this is more early, but okay, wait a second. Are, is, are you managing me right now? Or are you coaching me right now? Right. Right. Yeah. 
And, and you know how, you know, one of the things I've developed a habit to do is, you know, I've learned, would you like a little bit of coaching right now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause one of the things is if I'm, you know, so we're having a conversation, which is about something and, and whether it's like, I don't think we're, I, I think our conversations are more peerish type conversations in that point, but we're, you know, we're, we're in a, you know, collaborative discussion with some disagreement. And if I go into coach mode, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, wait a second. I don't like what's what. So, so it, um, and, and, and by the way, what I'll tell you is coaching is hard. Coaching is hard. I I think coaching is, and maybe, you know, I bet you someone who's like a really good coach will tell me managing would be hard for them, but I can tell you, you know, to be able to let go and separate yourself from performance, to be able to let somebody do what you know. You know, one of the things to be a really good coach is is that idea that I do a lot of things. Is to let go. The one of the things that makes being a coach hard is if I see you doing something that I think makes no sense. A really good coach doesn't have that thought. Yeah. And, yeah. And and in that if you think about my approach, I mean, I break a lot of rules about selling. There are a lot of things that I do that on the surface, you're like, you you can't do that. Right. Except yeah. it works for me. So the difficulty that I have sometimes is I come up and I see someone doing something and I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah. But, but if I, if someone were to have responded to me like that, they, they would have killed my performance. So, so, so there's, you know, it, it, again, it's a very, very different mindset. And, and and I guess if you're going to be, you know, if you're a manager and coach, whatever the measurement, whatever your key metric is, whatever your key initiative is, is going to determine which you trade off to. Yep. And in most organizations, especially on the sales side, if you're a manager and a coach, you're a manager. And and so, you know, again, coaching is harder. It's longer. Um, you're going to get called to the carpet. The number of times yep. that as a coach, when, when you're saying, well, well, you know, when do we expect to see performance? The number of times that the answer is, well, you know, that remains to be seen. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. So, so, so it's a much harder thing to do. So, you know, as a coach, you have to be in the moment all the time in a coaching interaction. Mm-hmm. If you yep. fall back to your standard patterns, you're going to fall out of being, you're, you're not going to be doing good coaching. And, and candidly, you shouldn't do that as a manager, but you can get away with it yep. as a manager. So, so I think that managing mm-hmm. um, takes less of a cognitive load. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. And that's yeah. why lazy. Now I yeah. do believe most organizations, if they look at it, instead of combining asking managers to coach, Mm-hmm. If they really looked at it, they could either reconfigure the organization so that there is more of a pure coaching role, or that's where leveraging. And I think, and especially when you're smaller organizations, I think leveraging outside organizations for that type of coaching is is um, is a great idea. People give up on it because it doesn't create measurable results. We can't attribute direct. But but what that outside organization does is it hits the key thing to coaching is it separates from the performance. I don't have to live yeah. with your out. I, I'm, I'm not here to make the higher fire decision. I'm here to work with you to help facilitate you being the best you you can be. Other people are going to decide. 
right? So, so it's kind yeah. of like why, you know, in, in a sports analogy, I've never been a fan of, of, a, of the head coach who's also general manager, right? Yeah. The general manager yeah, is the manager person, right? They're yeah. the ones who are deciding on the roster. They're negotiating. There's, there's a, there's a degree of an ad. There's there is an adversarial role that's that's inherent, right? Because, I mean, I'm the rep. I want to sandbag. I'm the I'm the individual contributor. I'm naturally going to sandbag, and, and I don't mean yeah. that in in an obvious big way. But you know, I want to create in a, and as the manager, I want more, right? So, right. so you know, I ask you to tell me what who are your growth accounts. You give me your list of twenty five growth accounts, and I go, what about these fifty? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and by yep. the way, you're not going to identify every growth account because you have to live with the outcome. And so you're mm-hmm. going to help. Right? So there's just natural incentive structures that are in there. You know, the coach needs to be supportive. The coach needs to get when the coach is responsible for the roster. It's very rare that good things happen. <laughs> well, and I think I think the place where. Where this is really hard is the, the coaching element. And, and we're going through this right now internally, the, co- the coaching element is such an investment on both sides. It's, it's an investment on the coach, right? Cause that person's not necessarily accountable for specific outcomes and, and it's, and it's harder to measure. And it's an investment on your people because of the time that has to be taken to coach and allow them that, that growth period for the coaching to set in, which is why I think we default to management so much because and and that's something that's that's harder to patch see you know that so so i think that's that's what makes it exceptionally hard and then from i mean i think from a resource constraint you you hit on you hit on that in a myriad of places being able to kind of do all those things takes an exceptional person so usually it's going to be multiple people facilitating yep. those all right so i have a couple of uh key takeaways um I liked what you said around training is teaching and coaching is building the capacity to learn. I had never thought of it that way, but, but I thought that was really insightful. Um, And then coaching about coaching, making sure you separate yourself from the outcome. We, we hit on that. And I think really what I heard from you overarching is when you're, when you're doing those things um, you've got to make sure if you're in a management posture, you're managing and not coaching. If you're in a coaching posture, you're, you're coaching not managing and the same thing, like training is training. So kind of know your, your, your lanes and stay in your lane. Yep. I agree. Cool. Well, there's our performance management topic, Jess. I thought it was good. I enjoyed you don't the conversation. Three, you know what happens in three days, Jess? Another rev up show. We get to do it again. Exciting. I can, I can tell you're excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. Thanks everybody. Be sure to, to, if you like the show, be sure to rate it. Let your friends know about it. Number one RevOps show on Spotify. Don't forget. That's right. We need to replace Jace's mom. She hasn't, Jess's mom, she hasn't listened to it the last, hasn't listened to the last couple episodes. <laughs> and that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps show. I would second Doug's statement that this stuff is hard, or at least it can be hard. I could not imagine the confusion that comes with managing or coaching and switching between the two. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts 
or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about performance management, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, can't solve your upstream problems downstream.